Good morning, guys. Oh, you guys are awake. You know, Mikey, Mikey was talking about, you know, he almost felt like didn't wanna, he didn't want to get out of bed this morning. We don't really have an excuse at Iglesia Bautista Fe. Our service starts at 1 p.m. You know, if, if we decide to want to stay in bed by then, you know, it's, it's kind of, that's pretty lazy, huh? Well, for those of you that don't know me, I see a lot of familiar faces and a lot of new faces as well. It's nice to see the church growing. My name is Jose Vasquez. I'm associate pastor, youth pastor at Iglesia Bautista Fe. We gather here in the afternoons after you guys. Uh, we've been so blessed to know you guys, and, and we appreciate you guys and the love that you guys uh, give us, right, by allowing us to share the building with you guys. And we're so thankful for Creekside. We're thankful for Pastor Mark, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be able to share God's word with you today. So um, as we get into it, guys, I, I'd like for you guys to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. And I'm going to read the scripture, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning, okay? You guys doing all right today? Yeah? Awesome. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. I feel like this microphone's kind of covering my face a little bit. Not that you want to see it, but. The word of God tells us, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's where I want to focus today, being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray and we'll get into the message this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being so good to us, Father. We are so undeserving of your love, but you somehow always find a way to, to show us that you love us, Father. You hug us tighter and closer every single day, Father. We thank you for the love that you give us. We thank you for your protection and your guidance. And we ask you now, Father, that you meet with us today. I ask you for myself, Father, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, Father, and help me be of help to your people. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, this morning I wanna talk about spirit-filled leadership you know in one way or another uh whether you're a young person whether you're an adult or maybe your kids have already already grown and left the house hopefully um you know we all to one form or another have some type of leadership in our lives and we we provide guidance we provide counsel to people in our lives and it is important that as we do that for people around us that we are spirit-filled you know it's it's so interesting you know as uh, my wife and I uh, became parents, it was such a blessing, not only because of the opportunity to see my son grow and, and allow him to develop as time goes on, but it has pushed us to constantly strive to grow as leaders. It's so important to, to understand with children, and, and for me, it's, it's been so amazing to, to just realize how they take over everything. You know, whether it's the pocketbook, whether it's the food, uh, whether it's my time, whether it's my thoughts, I'm constantly thinking about making sure I'm, I'm doing the best job for that little boy because that's what God's called me to do. And he's given me the privilege to be a father, but in any form of leadership, it is important to be spirit-filled. If, if we uh, think back and realize if we've ever made a mistake in our lives, if we've ever had a failure or something that has not worked out the way we have wanted to, it's not because... We, we didn't make necessarily the right decisions in our own wisdom. It's simply because the lack of the Spirit was, not, was, was missing in our lives. 
The Spirit was not guiding us in those decisions that we were making, which is why sometimes that failure comes to our life. It's the reason why a spiritual leader cannot risk a day without being filled and guided by his direction in our lives. Guys, it is so important to, to allow the Holy Spirit to constantly guide us and direct us in our lives. And it's, I talk to our young people a lot in, in Iglesia Bautista Fe, and, um, you know, we, I try to be very honest with them. You know, nowadays we live in a world where, where everything is sugar-coated. And sometimes we don't hear truth in, in life. Um, you know, I think we could all come to an agreement here that if there is any area of our lives where we have failed, it can be linked to the absence of the Spirit in our, in our lives. And the Word of God gives us five orders specifically regarding the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And I want to look at that really quick just to see what the Word of God tells us about the Holy Spirit in our lives and what we ought to do regarding the Holy Spirit. Orders that are important and essential in any level of leadership. And you don't have to go to the scripture. I'll read it for you. These are going to be five quick points, and then we're going to get to eight quick points that are a result of actually being filled with the Spirit. The first one that we see is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. The Word of God tells us to quench not the Spirit. The Word of God says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, and I pray God, your Holy Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. We see the first thing that uh, the word of God tells us in the New Testament is quench not the spirit. We see the second thing that the word of God tells us is grieve not the spirit or to make sad or to to make sorrowful. Ephesians 4 25 through 32 tells us the following and this one's very interesting to me because it has everything to do with our neighbors, our our family, uh, our friends and how we treat others in our lives. The word of God tells us in verse 25 of chapter 4 in Ephesians, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor For we are members of one another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. We see it's important not to quench the spirit, and we see that it's important not to grieve the spirit. You know, to be filled with the spirit or guided or or, or led by the spirit, we have to be clean. You see, the Holy Spirit is what's in its description, holy. And when we live in a place where we've allowed sin or things that are opposite of what God wants us to do or what God needs of us, we are no longer in that place where the Holy Spirit can work. You know, so many times I can see the Holy Spirit wanting to get into our minds and control what we are saying, what we are thinking, what we are doing. But because there's so much filth in our lives, he cannot act upon what we need him to do. So we see quench not the spirit. We see grieve not the spirit. We see how important it is to walk in the spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 25 tells us the following. This I say then, walk in in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh and they go hand in hand if we are walking in the spirit we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh 
For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of, of the which I tell you before as... I have also told you in time past that ye, that they, I'm sorry, which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The importance of the fruit of the Spirit. Who here wants to have peace in their lives? Or have that gentle spirit or have goodness in our lives or have meekness? I think we all want to have patience. But those are fruits of the Spirit. They're not things that we are capable of doing without the Spirit. And that is why it is so important to be filled with the Spirit. The Word of God also tells us to pray in the Spirit. Jude 1, 17 through 21 tells us the following. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before, before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. The method of transportation for our prayers is our faith. If we are needing God to hear us, it's important that we pray in faith. It's important that we are spirit-led and pray in faith for our prayer to get to the throne of grace. We see that uh, the Word of God also tells us that we ought to be filled with the Spirit, which are the verses that we just read in Ephesians right now. You know, the filling of the Holy Spirit is a process of submission moment to moment through faith. It's a process of living our lives and considering God in those difficult decisions and in those simple decisions in our life. Most of the time we live our life and time has gone by and when we look back we've realized that we've acted simply on what we know and what we think is right. When the, the whole time, guys, the Holy Spirit was wanting to lead us into what the will of God is for our lives, which is where every Christian ought to want to be. The Holy Spirit is easily quenched or grieved, but he is just as easily invited back through repentance. It's very easy through our sin or through our disobedience or through our lack of loving God to quench the Spirit in our lives and not be guided by the Spirit, but He is easily invited back through repentance. Now, when we talk about repentance, you know, I used to have a high school teacher that used to get on my case for talking too much in class. And, and he used to tell me, man, you, I used to apologize to him and he used to tell me, you're not sorry because you're going to do it again tomorrow. The thing about repentance is that it's a change of direction. When you repent from something that you're doing, you literally change direction and start walking another way or acting another way. And I think uh, most of us, you know, we, we've landed in that position where sometimes we've gotten so used to just saying sorry to God. God, I'm sorry for God. This is the list of things I'm sorry, but we haven't truly repented from what we're doing. And it's important that there's that repentance for that Holy Spirit to come back into our lives and begin to guide us. He assumes control the moment he is invited, but he steps aside the moment our flesh or sins begin to invade. 
And I speak about these things because we're all sinners. We all do bad things. And sometimes they're, they're not necessarily in a way of harming other people, but sometimes in our simple disobedience or acting in our flesh and taking our desires over God, sometimes we're making mistakes. And it's important to understand that we have to allow for him to assume control and we have to invite him in or otherwise we'd be making our own decisions and in the long run it won't be the will of God. We can begin to see the results of a life that is sensitive and takes heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I tell my young people all the time and I ask them, you know, when was the last time that God spoke to you and you remember taking action on something that he told you? So many times we hear awesome sermons. I know Pastor Mark preaches the word here, and I, I know you guys have heard Bible for many, many years now. And it's amazing to see sometimes how we come to church, leave the church, and it's like things came in one ear and came out the other. And I, I raise my hand. I do that. We all do that because our carnal nature leads us to act that way. But we see the results of being spirit-filled or being a type of leadership that has allowed the Holy Spirit to take control. We see the first thing that a spirit-filled leadership is personally yielded to God. The key to a meaningful and lasting success for any leader is a genuine walk with God. Are we spending time with him in the word? Are we talking to him in prayer? Are we sometimes even requiring fasting in our lives because things are so important that we need God's attention? Walking in the Spirit includes spending time with God daily and the sensitivity in His calling of moment-to-moment -moment submission. When we wake up in the morning, I, you know, I, I have this specific prayer that I, I pray with God and I ask Him to examine my, my heart, to examine my mind, to examine my body and to empty me of self. Because the last thing I want to do on a day-to-day -day basis is make choices based off of what I think is right. Because I know who I am. And I know the mistakes that I've made. And I know that I'm a dummy. And I know that because I know myself. And I know that I need the Spirit to guide me. I know that I need, I need the Spirit to be a better husband. I know that I need the Spirit to be a better father. I know that I need the, the Spirit to be a better leader at my job. The question is, do we truly live our lives in the context of submission to God? Is the Holy Spirit truly the power behind our leadership? How much room are we giving the Holy Spirit to act in our lives? Or is it simply what we know, what we want, what we desire? Number two, we see, first of all, spirit-filled leadership is personally yielded. Second, spirit-filled leadership models godliness. Whether you're a parent a leader at work, at school, maybe you have younger siblings. Your character and example is what makes you worthy of following. Your character and example is what makes you worthy of following. First Peter 5, verses 2 through 3, if you can go, go there with me. First Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 tells us the following. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. We have to let our walking do the talking. Amen. It's very easy to tell our children, or it's very easy to tell the next generation to 
do things, but it's a different thing when they see our example and we're doing the complete opposite. And I, I fear, you know, I think we can all come to an agreement that our country is heading down a very dangerous direction. It's sad to see how God has been omitted from so many things in our country. It's been scary to watch, in all honesty. And I think part of it, guys, and I'm just being honest here, I like to take responsibility for things, but sometimes we haven't been the spirit-filled leaders that we needed to be. You know, I remember my mom telling me when I was younger, things were never like this. We never did that. And now I th I'm 31 years old, and I think about it, man, when I was younger, we did not do these things. We did not say these things. And it's amazing how fast things have progressed and gone downhill. It's important to pray for the next generation. Let us remember that our families are our first ministry. You know, God will never give you a calling or burden that will cause you to neglect another. If he's given you a family, thank God for that. But he will never give you a job that will allow for you to neglect your family. Because that is your calling. He will never give you another calling that will allow you to neglect something else that he has given you. Dr. Howard Hendricks rightly stated, you can impress people from a distance, but you can only impact them up close. And it's so interesting when, when we can come to church and sometimes, and I know guys, I'm not, Pastor Mark hasn't talked to me. I don't, if anything is, is right in your life as far as what I'm saying, it's mere coincidence and the Holy Spirit working, okay? I don't know you know what's going on in your lives, okay? But it's so easy to come to church and, and, and put a front on and pretend to be something. And then we go home and then our children see who we really are. And then our families see who we really are. You know, you're, you're a saint at church and then you're, you're the Hulk at home, you know. Uh, and that's happened to me on occasion, right? Sometimes we can't even make it out of the parking lot, parking lot without arguing or discussing something. But it's important. You can impress people from a distance, but you can only impact them up close. What kind of an impact are we being to our families and those around us? We must have an active and living testimony that's easily seen, that's clearly examined by those around us, and that is able to be emulated or duplicated in our children and future generations. And again, I take responsibility for some of this because to a certain extent, I think we all have to a certain point allow the spirit to just walk away from us little by little and we have not guided or led the the next generation or the future generation the best that we could and we all make mistakes we all make them but it's important to recover from those things number four we see that lead, uh, a spirit-filled leadership leads others in sanctification the spirit of god is holy which is why being filled by him would lead us towards sanctification being separated with the purpose to, to a purpose for Christ, I'm sorry. We see this in Joshua in whom is the Spirit. Numbers 27, 18, if you can follow me there. Numbers 27, 18 says the following, And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay thine hand upon him. We see a little bit later in Joshua 24, 15, that same man stating the following, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in, whom, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. 
the presence of the Spirit in Joshua resulted in him leading his family towards, towards the Lord. It's so important to, I, I try to ingrain this so hard in, in our young people in Iglesia Bautista Fe. The most important thing we ought to seek for is the will of God in our lives, especially at such a young age. You know, they have so many decisions to make and, and not necessarily have the wisdom to make those decisions, which is why they need the Holy Spirit to make those decisions. And it is our job as spiritual leaders to guide them in those decisions as well. Do our lives or homes show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit? God wants your life and home to be a testimony to the world. And it has been said, when you have influence, people follow you. When you have respect, they keep following you. It's so sad to see. You know, God intends that our leadership be rooted in, in a respected and Holy Spirit-led lifestyle. But it saddens me to see so many parents lose their children's respect because of inconsistencies or this mentality of do as I say, not as I do. You know, it's... We see it so often in the Hispanic world. I don't, I don't know how it is with you guys here, but we see young people that come to church and they're forced to come to church by mom and dad. And at the age of 18, they decide, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with church anymore. And it's not, sim it's not so much because of their actions, but sometimes it's been the example that we've given. A spirit-filled leadership maintains spiritual priorities. The right priorities start with the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you guys are at church today. You know, I, I know some Christians melt when there's rain. And rain hits them, right? <laughs> but I'm glad you guys are at church and we kept our priorities this morning. Spiritual priorities are a product of God guiding our lives. And I know some people are watching from home as well. And thank God for you guys as well. But it's important to keep those spiritual priorities in our life. You know, I heard a powerful, powerful statement several years ago that has clung to my heart. What we do in moderation, those who follow us will do in excess. What we do in moderation, those who follow us will do in excess. You see, the importance or lack of that we give God will multiply in the future generations. And that's why it's important to have such a zeal and, and strive to be the best version of self and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. God forbid that one day we become that stumbling block to the future generations. And I, I know I, every time I teach or I preach, my, my perspective is always with young people because I have, a, I have such a heart for them. And I, I wish for them to see a world where Christianity is rising and the love of God is rising. But it's almost like it's on the decline. A spirit-filled spirit leader maintains oversight. You know, one of the products of the filling of the Spirit of God will be greater awareness and oversight in our families. The Holy Spirit will grow your capacity of oversight as well as increase the burden to know your family's current state. And whether it's your family, whether it's your job, whether it's your, your business, whether it's your ministry here at church, God will grow that capacity of oversight. Spirit-led oversight will make you more observant and obedient. In other words, things will come to light that you might have never realized or understood before that could be a danger to those around you. We have a young couple at our church. 
I won't say his name because he might, he might listen to this, but, um, and it's nothing bad, but we were having a conversation over dinner, and we were talking about children and kids. The topic came up, and he shared some of his background with me. Uh, he's from Mexico, from uh, Oaxaca to be exact, and he started to share the following about his background and how the lifestyle that he lived was dangerous. You know, there's a type of music in, in the Spanish world that um, directs itself a lot towards violence, towards uh, substance abuse and, and, uh, and fornication and things like that of that nature. And he told me the following, Brother Jose, I'm trying to be careful with the music that I listen to. I know the lifestyle it attracts and I don't want that for my daughter and I want to protect her. The music he was referring to was that of which I just told you that referred to drugs, to violence, to infidelity. And I found it so amazing that as he got closer to God, you know, these potential dangers came to light in his heart and he simply just wanted to protect his daughter. It's not that the music was going to hurt her in any way, shape, or form, but he wanted to protect her from temptation and to be running in a specific circle that listened to that type of music. And it's, it's amazing how as we become parents, as we start to lead other people and the Spirit begins to guide us and lead us, we start to protect those around us in ways that we would have never imagined or things that we would have never seen because we were thinking or seeing things in a perspective of our own. It is just as important to protect our children or the next generation from sin as it is to protect them from the temptation that leads them to it. I, I tell my young people all the time, look, you don't run from sin, you run from temptation. The moment you're tempted, just run, flee, take off. Don't wait for the rest to come because by that time it's too late. So we want to run from temptation and it's important that we protect our young people, that we protect the next generation from those temptations. A spirit-filled leader is gracious in trials. Hebrews 4.16 tells us the following. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, when, when his spirit is leading us, he makes true forgiveness possible. Amen. Acts 7, 54 through 60 talks to us about Stephen and when he was stoned. You know, in Bible times, it wasn't just, you know, people throwing little rocks at you. You were literally thrown into a ditch and you were thrown boulders. The object of this was to kill you if you were being stoned. But we see the testimony of Stephen as he was filled by the Holy Ghost and how he acted upon being stoned. We see 54 through 60 of Acts chapter 7 tells us the following. When they heard these things, they were cut to, to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said that, he fell asleep. It's amazing that Stephen, as he was being stoned and murdered, he was able to forgive. There is so many things that, it, it's amazing to me. We are so, it's so convenient to receive forgiveness, but it's so difficult sometimes to give it. 
And I've been in that position where it's been difficult to give forgiveness. But it's important that we see these examples in the word of God as far as forgiveness. And we see that, hey, if we're filled by the spirit, he will allow for true forgiveness to take place in our lives. We see that when his spirit leads, he also allows you to be faithful regardless of the circumstances. Acts chapter 14 verses 19 through 21, we see Paul being stoned and the very next day preaching the gospel. The word of God says, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. To Derby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch. It's amazing how these men of God, as they were filled by the Spirit, they were able not only to forgive, but to live above the circumstances that were surrounding them. So many times as, as Americans, you know, I think we've, we've been a little bit numbed to spirituality because of materialism. And, and it's, it's great to have good things and nice things. I'm the first one that wants them, trust me. But we also have to keep in mind that sometimes those things or the pursuit of those things numbs our spirituality. We have to keep in mind that as the Holy Spirit guides us and leads us, all of those things will come to fruition on their own. Those things that we want, those things that we need, they will come to fruition on their own simply if we follow God's will and we seek him always. A spirit-filled leadership, and this is my last point, exercises spiritual authority. The manner in which leadership flows from a spirit-filled man is very different from that of a carnal man. Spiritual authority comes about through the following. The word of God, a submissive spirit, long-suffering or patience, and doctrine. And we see that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. The verse tells us, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine as we practice or exercise spiritual authority it's important that we keep those things in mind that it's not our will but that it's God's will that it's not what we want for our children it's not what we want other people to do it's simply that we are being spirit-led and setting the example before anything first Peter chapter 5 verses 3 through 4 tells us the following and it reminds us that spiritual authority is not demanded rather practice with humility and accountability to Christ it's very easy to be a, a parent and enforce things at a very young age. I say that, but my son's two years old and he doesn't listen to me very well. <laughs> it's like if I say not to do something, he does that exact thing. But we see that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, it says, Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. It's not demanded. It is practiced with humility and accountability to Christ. Spirit-filled authority will always avoid a demanding spirit, a demeaning spirit, and a divisive spirit. Spiritual leadership will guide with authority, but kindly. And I leave you with this before I finish. As we live our lives and 
sometimes see failure and sometimes see success in our lives, it's important to remember and to understand that it is not the the presence of our weak flesh that guarantees failure. It is the absence of his spirit. I'll say that again. It is not the presence of our weak flesh that guarantees failure. It is the absence of his spirit. Let's be spirit-filled in this next journey, in this next year, in these next two years, or taking it a day at a time. You know, it's important to live, day, to live our lives one day at a time and give God that power, that authority over our lives on a day-to-day basis. God, today I'm yours. God, today my actions are yours. My words are yours. My attitudes are yours. I think that's where we struggle most, I think, in, as Christians. It's not so much what we do. Sometimes it's just our attitude when we do things. We do it in, a, in the wrong spirit. It is not the presence of our weak flesh that guarantees failure. It is the absence of his spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being so good to us. Father, forgive us for not walking in your spirit. Forgive us for choosing self daily sometimes and setting you aside. And I ask you, Father, that you just give us the strength. You give us the humility to be able to submit, Father, to your will in our lives. You know better than anybody, Father, that on a day-to-day basis we struggle, we make mistakes. And we're thankful for the throne of grace in which we can come, Father, and ask for forgiveness, Father, and repent from our sins. And we ask you simply, Father, that you give us the discernment and the wisdom to seek your will in our lives, Father, and to always, to always seek to be filled by your Spirit. We ask you all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.